What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the C-String Podcast. This is going to be episode number eight, I believe. And on today's episode of the C-String Podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, some football. We're going to be talking about the NFL. I am going to give you guys my top ten NFL teams currently after week two and heading into week three. And then after that, I'm going to go through all of the week three games that are on the slate and give you all my predictions for those games. Uh, I'll have spreads in there as well. So I'll tell you, you know, if they'll win or if they'll cover, things like that. But we're going to start with my top 10 teams. We're going to start with number 10, work our way up to number 1. So at number 10, I have the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, for, those of you who, for those of you who watch football, you'll know that they lost to the Eagles pretty badly, 24-7 to this last week. They got absolutely nothing going on the ground, and Kirk Cousins threw three interceptions. But... That is what Kirk Cousins does in Monday Night Football. He's got a horrible Monday Night record. Saw this loss coming from a mile away. Eagles are a good team. I still think the Vikings are a good team. This is just a trap game. They came off a great uh, Week 1 opening win against the Green Bay Packers. But the, the defense just allowed the Eagles to run all over them. And then from there, they were able to open up the passing game and... The upcoming teams for the Vikings will really show who this team is. You know, in Pat, in previous years, this Vikings team has been um, highlighted by just some terrible calls, poor mistakes, bad games, things like that. Games they should win, just not going their way. They have the Bears, the Saints, and the Lions are all upcoming teams. And Vikings of the past definitely probably dropped two of these three games. But I, I believe the Vikings this year are better than that. I still I believe in their defense. And I think the offense will balance itself out. And I think they will find success. And especially in these upcoming three games, I can I can see the Vikings winning all three of these. And that would be super good for them. Put them at 4-1. and one, And I think that's very realistic for this team. this team. I have higher expectations for this team than I have for the Vikings in previous years. And I do believe that they will win the NFC North. Um, so... That will, if they win these next few games, that will help them uh, immensely, and I do believe they can do it. But on to number nine. My number nine team is the Los Angeles Rams. They won just by four points against the Falcons this week. It was actually a very even game, and Stafford and Mariota each had touchdowns and interceptions, and it was a very uncomfortable fourth quarter for the Rams fans. Uh, La Falcons ended up putting up 17 points and I believe in the fourth quarter um, so the Rams were leading by a pretty big margin up until that point but it wasn't a dominant game that we saw from the Rams and like we did in the playoffs last year especially it wasn't a dominant defense either um, it's it's too good of a team to not get better as the season goes on um, this is a game where small mistakes really cost them they'll get those ironed out um, and I do believe they'll still be on the top 10 by the end of the year. I, they did get blown out by the Bills. They barely won previous week. It's not looking great so far, but I am a huge believer in Sean McVay. He'll get this team turned around. They play Arizona next week. At number 8, I have the Baltimore Ravens. First AFC team mentioned on the list. They lost in spectacular fashion to the Miami Dolphins. Um, Lamar Jackson looked like he was in MVP form, though. Uh, on the day, and I just love the dynamic he brings to the offense. He had 100-plus yards on the ground, and then I don't know how many it was to the air, probably like 200-plus, somewhere around there, 300-plus actually probably, um, with the way that that offense was grooving. Um, 
this this team just lost a quarter of football of a football game, um, and it, it's just because they are not really great on the back end in the secondary, and the offense was shut down by the Miami defense for just long enough. And I still, as I said, this is still a great team. Uh, the defense needs needs to come prepared. Um, if defense plays like they did in week one, that would be a lot better for them. Um, I believe they played the Jets in week one, and they only allowed like 10 points, somewhere around there. Um, but you can't rely on these DBs to match up against the wide receivers. Um, but I still believe in this Ravens team. Uh, they play away against the Patriots next. At number seven, I have the team that beat them, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I had to put the Dolphins ahead of them. Basically, how I look at these this ranking is... If you're wanting a reason why I put, say, the Dolphins 7 and the Ravens 8, it's because I, I believe in a neutral field, the Dolphins would beat the Ravens. You know, I have the Rams behind the Ravens because I believe in a neutral field, the Ravens would beat the Rams. So keep that in mind as I go through these lists, and you you might be able to more understand why a, one team is ranked above another. Um but as I said, at 7, I have the Miami Dolphins starting off the year 2-0. and uh, Pulled off an absolutely insane fourth quarter comeback. And uh, I guess I have to buy into this team now. I was not on the Miami Dolphins hype train uh, before the season started. Um, but Tua threw for 470 yards, 470 yards and six touchdowns. So I kind of have to get on board now. Uh, I... I it's. I didn't think the additions of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle could matter this much to a quarterback, um, but they certainly do. <laughs> uh, the defense looked okay. Uh, they just got Lamar Jackson, and a comeback like this is definitely a rarity, and it's best if they don't go into all their games trailing by three scores into the fourth quarter. Uh, if that becomes a regular thing, uh, this team won't last very long. So they're at seven right now. Again, I don't know why. I just I'm not a big believer in this team. I don't don't this defense isn't it isn't doing it for me, and the offense wasn't doing much until that fourth quarter explosion. So I don't know. We'll see how the, how the season pr- progresses. Um, they have a tough one next. They have a tough test at home. They are at home, but they're against the Buffalo Bills. So we'll see how that goes. At number six, I have the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they won 27-7 against Seahawks, and obviously the big news surrounding this team is Trey Lance. He got injured early in that game, uh, and he broke his ankle, and he'll be out for the whole season. Um, but Garoppolo came in, and it looked like the offense that they went to the Super Bowl with. Like, it just looked completely like the, completely the same thing, and that makes sense. Uh, Garoppolo's going in, lots of, lots of familiar faces. Got the same coach over there. Those those two team, were teamed up back then. They're still teamed up now. Players like Brandon Ayuk, Debo, Debo Samuel, Jeff Wilson, all large contributors in that dynamic Kyle Shanahan offense with running and passing, and a defense did what the defense should do. Uh, front seven applied pressure, led by Nick Bosa in particular, and the secondary lockdown receivers, highlighted by Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, this is just a solid team. Can't not put them in the top ten. Uh, next week they'll play in Denver. Uh, I think they should win that game. Next, at number five, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. They won 24-7 against the Vikings, and this was another team I was kind of skeptical of going into the new season. Uh, they were just had a very questionable year last year. Um, but the offense has an identity, and they know what they are and they know what they aren't. They, they rush the ball really well, and that opens up the passing lanes down the field. It's very, it's just, it's very simple. 
It's very, very simple. Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts combined for 137 yards on the ground and two touchdowns, which led to Hurts throwing 26 for 31 in the air with 333 yards. That's just a good running game leads to open passing lanes. It's very, very simple. The defense uh, is also silently very talented with guys like Josh Sweat, Darius Slay, Fletcher Cox, and a lot more. Um, I like this team because they know what they are on offense and they get pressure on the quarterback on defense, which helps out their already decent secondary. Uh, The next game they have is away against the Commanders. Uh, At number four, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, It didn't, it wasn't beautiful, their win against the Saints, 20 to 10. Their offense struggled against that Saints defense, uh, but the defense bailed them out, and they shut down the Saints offense and forced multiple turnovers uh, on both, like, I think, two fumbles and three interceptions. Um, this was a close game throughout, and the Bucks only pulled away uh, the very ass end of the game, I think, in the fourth quarter. Um, and, you know, without turnovers, major turnovers being forced, I, this could end up being a very different score. Um, this team is banged up. Uh, on offense especially and I think uh, Chris Godwin is the new big one uh, receiver threat that's out Um, and it's just kind of become a question of how far can the defense carry this team before the offense ends up recovering and you know uh, helps out more uh, in the in total Uh, I I do believe the offense will get there eventually um, it's kind of the same thing we've seen every year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers since Brady got there. You know, their offense, especially, is, they're slow to start, but they get going, you know, November, December. They, they start to get going in those games, and we'll see the Bucks of old. I believe the Bucks can only go up higher on this list of 10. Their next game is a home game against Green Bay. Can't wait for that. At number three, I have the Los Angeles Chargers. They did lose against the Chiefs on Thursday night. However, the offensive attack through Justin Herbert was great for a lot of this game. He had 300-plus yards through the air and three touchdowns, and only at the end, I, I think it was somewhere like late third quarter, early fourth quarter, you know, they, he started to get this like chest injury of some sort, and you could really tell, you could really tell at the end of that game that he wasn't himself. Um, that, along with Keenan Allen, didn't play, and neither did center Corey Lindsley. Um, I I think th- with those weapons, this might be a different outcome. Uh, I think this defense is actually scary good and played better than their opponent. I, I, I do believe that. Um, front seven did a good job of getting some pressure on the Chiefs' offensive line. Uh, there was no sacks, but that's because Patrick Mahomes is that quarterback, and he does what Patrick Mahomes does um, to get out of things. Um, I, again, could have been a very different outcome. The Chargers had some key pieces, um, and the offense just kind of kind of stalled just us at the very end there. Um, but overall played a great game against the Chiefs, a very, very good loss here. Uh, their next game is at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. At number two, the Kansas City Chiefs. Like I mentioned, they beat the Chargers uh, on the, on Thursday night, um, and there are no question marks to me when it when it comes down to this Chiefs offense. They performed very well against what I think is the best defense in the AFC at the moment. Um, but I that is because this I don't think this Chiefs defense is the best defense in the AFC anymore. Um, they just couldn't stop the passing attack for most of that game, uh, and even though they were they could even apply pressure to Herbert, and they still couldn't 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 stop that passing attack and 
maybe that's just a testament to how good Justin Herbert is, more so than the Chiefs' defense not being reliable. Um, but again, they did actually they did get to him. The hits started to pile up, and they did kind of force him force that injury into him. Um, that certainly helped them, and the Chargers being without Keenan Allen and Corey Lindsley, as I mentioned, also helped them. But you can't you can't use that against a team. This team played a very good game. Um, I just worry very very slightly about this Chiefs defense. I don't think it's the same weapon as it was in the past. Um, we've seen in past years randomly Patrick Mahomes can kind of just get in a funk for a few games for some reason, and he's completely fine again. Uh, in previous years, the defense has kind of been able to carry them through those. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. You might see like a weird loss mid-season, a couple weird losses. Uh, if that if Mahomes gets in one of these like mechanical like mishaps for a few games, um, but I still rank this team as number two, and they play the Colts away next week. And number one, my best team in the entire league is the Buffalo Bills. No questions asked. They won forty-one to seven against the Titans. Um, this offense is basically just as loaded as, as the Chiefs' offense, um, but the defense is just absolutely fucking insane. It's just on another level entirely. Uh, I could sit here and list names, but I'd be listing the entire team, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, Sean McDermott, uh, as well, their head coach, is in that tier with the likes of Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. Um, and I guess, as of recently, I can, I can put Andy Reid in that tier too, I guess. Um, where they're just elite scheme organizers and play callers. They're just they're just the best. They're S tier coaches. Um, it's it it happens. It also just happens to be that Sean McDermott has elite talent on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. It's uh, incredible, incredible to watch this team play. Um, not in an entertainment sense, since they are destroying everybody, but in the sense that they are so good. It's so it's just so it's an awe to watch them. Um, when a big play is needed in, say, an AFC Championship game or, you know, like the shootout we saw last year in the AFC Championship game, the reason I have, one of the reasons I have the Bills over the Chiefs is I would trust the Bills defense to make that play more than I would trust the Chiefs defense this year or any other defense in the league for that matter if they have another opponent. Um, this is no doubt the best team in the league. Um, and uh, right now they're my Super Bowl favorite. Um, their next game is away against Miami. Uh, uh, that should be at least a little bit of a test, uh, but we'll see. Um, but that is my top 10 in the NFL. Next, I'm going to talk about my week three predictions. Um, I will provide the, the odds, the, the or not the odds, the, cover, the spread, the point spread for the game as well. Uh, I used Fox Sports uh, bets for the spreads, but we'll start with the noon games on Sunday. Uh, actually, we're going to start with the Thursday night game, of course. We have the Steelers at the Browns. Uh, the Browns are a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Um, and all you need to know is the Pittsburgh offense is stuck in the mud, uh, on the ground and through the air. And the defense allows yards everywhere. Whenever they whenever they can allow yards, they choose to allow yards. That's just what they do. Um, it's, it's absolutely mind-boggling how one player... T.J. Watt can make a defense just a million times better. When he is on the field, this defense is pretty good. When he's off the field, this defense is terrible. Uh, the Cleveland linemen will have full control on the offensive line, and they'll have full control on the defensive line. And that should tell you all about all you need to know. Um, 
I remember, I think there was an interview with um, George Perkins. Pickens. It's it's the it's the wide receiver that came out of Georgia. Uh, this in this draft that the Steelers got, and he was saying uh, something like, "Yeah, we're all open. Yeah, you know, we're open. All I'm open. All the other wide receivers are open. You just you just can't. We're all open, essentially." Um, essentially digging at Mitch Trubisky and um, there was, I saw a video and like going back and watching the film on it and yes uh, everybody was open uh, that's just what happens when you have number 10 <laughs> in your backfield uh, he just he just doesn't find them or if he does it's just he just can't throw it he just can't do it uh, so that's a shame that the Steelers have to w- live with Trubisky this year and it was honestly a miracle they beat the Bengals in week one uh, I take Cleveland to win and cover that four and a half point spread. Next noon game I'll be talking about is the Chiefs at the Indianapolis Colts. Um, wow, a lot to say about the Colts. Uh, they played to a draw in Week One against the Texans, I believe, and then they got shut out by the Jaguars in Week Two. Uh, I, this has been very, this has been very, God, it's got to be awful to watch if you're a Colts fan. Um, they do have similar yardage totals, actually, uh, to the Chiefs, uh, but they have turned all, turned the ball over five times, and for the Colts to keep this close, Matt Ryan can't be throwing three interceptions, and Taylor needs to find more effectiveness on the ground. He wasn't very good last week. Um, I'll take the Chiefs to win this one and cover that massive six-and-a-half point spread. I normally don't like um, big point spreads like that, but the Colts just lost 24-0 to the Jags. Until they can prove to me that they're something other than dog shit, I'm going to take the spread on this one. Next game I'll be talking about is the Texans at the Bears. Uh, the Bears have a two and a half point, uh, fa- are favored by two and a half points. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's about accurate. This will be a very close one. Um, Bears looked lackluster against the Packers um, compared to their week one performance where they beat the 49ers. Um, the Texans played a well fought draw in week one against the Colts, uh, but like the Bears, looked absent in week two. Uh, where with their loss against the Broncos, um, it's going to be all about who can replicate that Week One uh, success in this one. And uh, r- right now, uh, I like Davis Mills more than Justin Fields. So um, I, I, I'll I, I I want to say I believe in Justin Fields, uh, but I just I don't know yet. I don't know. <laughs> just compare his numbers to Davis Mills. Davis Mills just uh, he's kind of silent. Nobody's really. Well, I shouldn't say nobody's talking about him because there are some guys that the, the only reason I know about him is because of people have been talking about him and he's been doing a decent job with a Texans team that is just not good, <laughs> not not a good team. Um, but the and as far as who my pick is, I just think I think the Texans ha- defense has simply allowed too many, too much uh, in the passing game and the running game, etc compared to the Bears, so I will take the Bears to win this one, uh, but I'll take the Texans to cover that two-and-a-half point spread. Next, we have the Saints at the Panthers. Uh, this is a pretty simple one for me. Uh, the Panthers are a three-point dog. Uh, I think the Saints' offense bounces back against Carolina, uh, and I think the Carolina offense struggles more against the Saints' defense. Uh, I think this will be a similar a similar game to the Week 1 loss for the Panthers, where they lost 24-26 to the Browns. Um, so I'll take the Saints to win, but the Panthers to cover that three-point spread. 
Next, I'll have the Raiders at, at the Titans. Uh, Titans are a one-and-a-half point dog. These are a couple of teams who have not started the year the way they'd hoped. Um, the Raiders with close loss to the Chargers in Week 1, and then a gigantic blown lead here in this past week against Arizona. The Titans with a close loss to the Giants in Week 1, and then getting absolutely destroyed by the Buffalo Bills. And I'm actually surprised at the point spread. Is only saying they're a one and a half point dog after that blowout loss. Um, but I would just like to say I especially had higher expectations for the Raiders going into this start this year. I did not expect them to be 0 2. I expected them to at least sal- uh, salvage one of these games. Um, they had major offseason additions, obviously, the big one being Devontae Adams to add to that already talented offense. Hunter Renfro's out, but you got to be able to perform, and some of it's been on Derek Carr. Uh, I didn't expect much from this Titans team. Didn't expect, you know, they did get the one seed last year, but I like many others. I would, I think they just we just didn't really expect a lot from the Titans, and it's pretty bad for the Titans when Hassan Haskins is getting more yards in a game than Derrick Henry. Uh, so that should tell you all you need to know. I'll take the Raiders to win this one, and and I'll take them to cover the that spread. Next game will be the Bengals at the Jets. Uh, the Jets are a four and a half point dog. The Bengals lost to the Steelers in Week One and to the Cowboys in Week Two, both by three points. Very disappointing losses for the defending, I guess, second place, <laughs> second place champs. There you go. Uh, the Jets looked pretty bad against the Ravens in Week One, but bounced back. Boy, that onside—they they scored with a minute twenty-two left, and then they kicked an onside kick and, and scored another touchdown with twenty-two seconds left. Um, that was pretty incredible. Uh, that was against the Browns last week. Um, Flacco looked decent, and the running game looked decent. Uh, and the defense did just enough, I guess. Um, it, this might be crazy for me to think this, but until the Bengals can prove to me that they can win with that subpar offensive production that we're getting, and that's mainly because the O-line is subpar, uh, I'll take the Jets to win and therefore cover, and this is my big upset of the week. Uh, next game I will go over is the Bills at the Dolphins. The Dolphins are five and a half point dogs. Uh, this game will contain two elite offenses, but you will only see one elite defense, I believe. Uh, Bills thumped the Dolphins in both the games last year, and while this Miami team is revamped, uh, I don't. Th- I-, I just think those the results are going to be uh, not the same, but uh, very similar. Miami will score a few more uh, touchdowns, but I still think they're going to lose. I think the Bills' gap in talent compared to the rest of the league is just absolutely massive. Like, the Bills' gap to the number two team, the Chiefs, is like the same gap from the Chiefs down to the number 10 team, the Vikings. Like, I just think they're so, so good. Um, And I think this game is going to show that. Uh, I'll take the Bills to win and cover that rather large point spread. I normally don't like uh, covering the spreads um, or covering that spread in interdivision games. Um, especially with Dolphins are being pretty good this year. Um, I normally never do that, but this this is definitely definitely uh, one I'll I'll take the I'll take the cover on because I just believe in the Bills that much. Um, next is going to be the Eagles at the Commanders. The Commanders are a six and a half point dog in this one. Uh, the Eagles should be able to control this game. That six and a half point spread is about right. Line battle will be a little interesting and probably decide whether or not the Commanders can get like a solid foothold foot into this game. Um, but Carson Wentz at quarterback is always a wild ride. Commanders, Commanders fans have certainly felt that so far this year. Um, 
But I think if the Commanders can score early and, and often, uh, they can really test the patience of that Eagles offense. Um, I, I will take the Eagles to win, um, but as I said, I don't like taking the covers on interdivisional matchups, so I won't. I'll take the Commanders to cover. Uh, next, I will talk about the Detroit Lions against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the Vikings are five and a half point favorites at home. Uh, we have a couple of teams here looking to prove what they're made of. They're both one and one. Lions are coming off a win against the Commanders and looking to continue that momentum, while the Vikings are coming off a disappointing beating by the Eagles and are looking to bounce back. Um, ultimately, I trust Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings more than Dan Campbell's Lions. Um, I would like to say I would absolutely love if Dan Campbell and the Lions went like 15-2 and two this year and absolutely just destroyed the league because fucking Dan Campbell's awesome. Uh, but I will take the Vikings to win and the Lions to cover. Again, enter division. I like the cover. Next, I will talk about Ravens at the Patriots. Patriots are three-point dogs. Um, I personally don't think this game will be as close as that spread maybe suggests. Um, New England's defense has been good so far, but this will be a similar game to the, that they had against the Dolphins in Week 1. Uh, I'll take the Ravens to win and cover this one. Next, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers are seven-point favorites here. Uh, they looked The Jags looked impressive in, in that shutout win over the Colts. Uh, however, a, as long as Herbert's healthy, and I, I saw on, I think it was maybe uh, ESPN or like Sports Center or something like that, Herbert, there was a quote, Herbert saying he's feeling um, he's feeling more, more comfortable. That's what it was. He's feeling more comfortable. So he's not perfect, but he's feeling more comfortable. And I think that's all that actually Herbert and this Chargers offense needs. Uh, to spell disaster for the Jaguars. Um, on paper, these teams have had very similar starts to the season. Both defenses have, have been solid, and both offenses have been productive. Um, so with that, I will take the Chargers to win and the Jags to cover that seven-point spread. Next, the Green Bay Packers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks are favored by one and a half points. Uh, this is going to have a similar scoreline to that Tampa Bay versus New Orleans game, the 20-10 game that they played. Um... Uh, I do believe this could be a shutout. I, I think the Packers' offense will not do shit, um, which means eventually the Tampa Bay offense will get going. And you know, especially since the defense for Green Bay isn't all that effective this year, uh, I will take the Bucks to win and definitely easily cover this. I feel like this should be like a ten-point spread. Like this, I don't think this is going to be close. Um, next, it's going to be the Rams at the Cardinals. Cardinals are three and a half point dogs. Um, both teams, I would say, have had some very sloppy starts to the year. I think this is the biggest question mark of the week for me. Uh, I could see either of these teams winning a very close game, but I could also make arguments for the Cardinals blowing out the Rams or the Rams blowing out the Cardinals. It's, it's I've debated over this one the most. Um, the games weren't terribly close last year. Uh, the Rams kind of beat them up last year. Uh, so I'm just going to go off that. And Sean McVay, better than Cliffs Kingsbury. That's what I'm going to go off of. So I'll take the Rams to win, but the Cardinals to cover the spread. Next is the Atlanta Falcons against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, this should be your kind of crapshoot of the week. Uh, both teams will make mistakes, uh, but the Falcons offense has been a better offense, and the Falcon defense has been a better defense uh, than Seattle, that is. Um, Falcons kept it close with both the Saints and the Rams, uh, and while the Seahawks did stun the Broncos in Week 1, they did get trounced by the 49ers in Week 2. If if the, if the Seahawks are to win this game, it's going to be a very, score line, a very similar scoreline that they had uh, in Week 1. But 
I'll take the Falcons to win, and I'll take them. To, uh, obviously, that means they would cover the spread because the Seahawks are favorites in this one. Um, next, we have the 49ers at the Broncos. Broncos are a one-point dog in this one. Um, for me, I need to see an invigorated offense from the Broncos uh, in order for me to believe that they'll win this one. Um, I think Garoppolo is going to be inserted back into that 49ers offense just fine. It's a good 49ers team with a great coach, and it's going against a good Broncos team with an unproven and, from what I've seen, eh, coach. So I'll take the 49ers to win, uh, and obviously therefore cover that spread. Next, we have uh, the Cowboys at the Giants. This is the Monday night football game, so it's the last game uh, of the weekend. Um, I don't really uh, know how the Cowboys or the Giants uh, have won this year, the games they've won. Uh, the Giants were supposed to just kind of be bad, uh, and the Cowboys are always bad. Um, so I know Cowboys are definitely just the most fun organization in the entire world to laugh at. Any sport ever, they're just the most fun. Uh, especially just seeing Jerry Jones pissed off. That is hilarious to me. Um, but Brian Dable has looked pretty good in his first two games as head coach. Uh, and I'm really excited to see how the Giants continue to perform this year. This He has gotten me interested in Giants. Like, I'll turn on... Like, I'll see... I normally pick one noon game to watch because I don't have 12 TVs like these big networks do, and I can't watch them all at once. So I'll pick a noon game to watch. I'll watch an afternoon game. And then... I, I Sometimes I watch an afternoon game. Most of the times I don't. And then I'll choose an evening game, or the, or the Sunday night game, I'll watch that, and then I'll watch the Monday night and the Thursday night. So I'll catch like four or five of them. The Giants are going up, definitely on the top of my list of games to watch this year. Um, it's going to be very interesting, and I'm definitely going to tune into this Monday night one. Um, uh, on the antithesis of Brian Dable being good, I think Mike McCarthy is absolutely ass cheeks. It's coming from a Packers fan. I think the Packers offense just being what it was throughout all those years made Mike McCarthy look like a good coach. He's terrible, um, and where he's that is showing in this Cowboys in in, in his tenure as a Cowboys uh, coach. Um, the Giants defense has also, I'd like to mention, been had, had a decent start to the year. Uh, guys like Dexter Lawrence, Dane Belton, Xavier McKinney been performing well. Uh, I'll take the Giants to win and cover that spread. Uh, so that is it. That is all the, my predictions for next week, uh, or for this weekend's uh, games, I should say. Uh, next week, I will do, I'm going to do this every Wednesday, just before the Thursday night game. I will recap, or I will do my top 10. I will recap my predictions from the previous week, let you guys know how that went, just because you're probably not going to memorize all the predictions I made. And then I will look ahead to the next week's, next weekend slate. Uh, so that is going to be it for today's episode of the C-String Podcast. Uh, I don't know what we'll call We'll call this something. We have Classic Rock Talk, you know. We have um, History Rewind. This will be like, I'll, I'll, I'll come up with something eventually. But right now it's just my NFL day is on Wednesday. So I'll get this out to you guys. This guy's going to be out to you on the 23rd, on a Thursday. Get it out that morning. You can watch it or you can listen to it just before you get into your football mood. But that is going to be it for today's episode of the C-Stream Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed and I will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.